Hey, my name's Liana, and I'm doing the Bible reading tonight. Um, it's actually wrong on the front of your bulletin. Um, we're going to be reading Matthew 18, 1 to 6, and then 10 to 14. All right. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Verse 10. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that there um, for I tell you that there are angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go back uh, and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Liana, testing one, two, yes, I think I'm here. I don't know how to turn it up either. I think we just... No, we won't do that, folks. Just leave it. Thank you. Sorry about that. I had to work very hard that I got up here to say good evening to you that I didn't end up by saying, Good evening, children. Yeah, I know, nothing like Brendan does. <laughs> Good on you, mate. I think I have one announcement, please. Is it? Am I doing this one on the prayer? Let me do it anyway. 19th, please put that in your diary. It's a whole day of prayer. Um, if you want to come for the whole day, praise God for that. But obviously, realistically, you may not be able to get there for the whole day. But if you can come for a certain part of the day... I don't know whether you've ever done anything like this before, but the church will be open from 9 through to 5 for the whole day. And you can wander up on your own, you can come up in pairs, you can come up in groups, uh, however you like, in families, and just find yourself a little station. There will be a map out the front with prayer stations listed, and you can just follow the map. You can do a prayer walk, including go to a particular station where there will be examples or suggestions on what to pray for on that day. So really encourage you to uh, get on board and uh, let's make this a powerful time because God will use this in a mighty way. He is already uh, to uh, um, bless his church here at Sunnybank District Baptist Church as God's people pray, God's hand will move 
And uh, we've seen that in action already, haven't we? So I just encourage you to, to uh, keep that in your mind. Take the brochure, have a bit of a read of it. Have a look on the back. You know, and that'll explain a lot more about what this, this prayer day is all about. But I don't know if there'll be a, there won't be an organised corporate group here. It'll be up to you to where you go. But there'll be suggestions on where to go and, and how to pray. And I think it'll be a, a, great, a great day. All right, can I just pray right now, thanks. Let's pray together. Father, um, we, we've already been led in a, a beautiful time of prayer and people have been praying uh, throughout the week and we thank you that uh, we can meet you and just pray and that we don't need any special language. We just open our hearts and talk to you as a child talks to his father. So thanks, Lord, for uh, hearing us. Thank you for answering prayer. And uh, we just want to commit ourselves to you again right now and ask that you might just open our eyes and our ears to your word. Uh, we want to worship you. We want to, uh, Lord, know that as we go from this place, we have encountered the living God and that he has spoken into our hearts and that we have done business with him and listened to him and resolved in our hearts to, to walk in obedience to the Lord's word. Uh, and uh, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weaknesses, Lord. So, Father, we just thank you now for this time and we pray that, that you will just speak to us on this amazing topic, one that probably all of us feel pretty inadequate about. I know I do, uh, but Lord, we ask that uh, you will just speak as we open our, uh, your word together now. In Jesus' name, amen. topic I want to talk about is just simply called Raise a Child. Simple topic, but an incredibly daunting topic, I think. And uh, Rose and I have been parents for... 30 years or so and I think we still have big L plates on the back and the front that's L for learner by the way um, not the other word uh, no we're not that but uh, we're still learning and I'm sure that parents are here can I just have a show of hands those who are parents here please whose parents here? wow there's quite a few uh, a show of hands of those who want to be one day well there's a few there there's a, there's a few there's a few yeah good that's interesting. All right, this is what I want to do. A little bit of participation before we start. This is all part of it. I want you to think. So those of you who are parents, uh, you'll have a little bit more, I guess, experience with this. But those of you who have observed parents and you have watched and you have looked at that, I want you in one word to explain to me one word of what parenting means to you. One word. Just right across the congregation, there should be dozens. Someone just start me off, please. One word that describes parenting. Thank you, I've already heard it. What was that? Love. Say again. Love. love. Thank you very much. Yes, love. Leading. Leading. Frustration. Frustration. <laughs> I want all these words, not just all the lubby-dubby ones. I want the reality from you about what this is about. So thank you. More, please. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Fantastic. Next. Consistency. Thank you. Discipline, thank you. Training. Patience. Example. Example. There should be dozens. Come on, a bit more. Parents at the back. <laughs> thank you. Did you hear that? Insomnia. Just look at the red eyes. Any others? I think we've got to say again. 
a mess? What about fear? Um, I guess from Rosemary and I's experience and, and folks that we know and, and so on and so forth, I, I'd have to say this, that the role of being a parent is daunting and yet delightful. It's full of risks and it's full of rewards. It's also about recognising that firstly, God loves those children of yours more than you ever could. Secondly, he planned for them before you did. I mean, think about that. Long before you did, he planned for that child. Whether you planned or not, that child came, God planned for it. And he's even provided for parents his instruction manual for raising your child. Here it is. We should all have one. It should be, a, it should be the most well-worn book in your home. The instruction manual for raising a child. Here it is, right here. So with this in mind, <clears throat> um, I want to suggest by using each letter of the word child... And I want to suggest from using those, each letter from the word child, I want to suggest five keys or five ingredients that will help to provide for you, that will help you to provide a God-honouring environment for raising our kids. Righty-o, are we ready to go? First one, child. C stands for character. A parent's character Character is so important to God. So important to God. Um, and I, I'm not saying anything that you don't already know. Proverbs 31.10, for example, we read these words. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. You know, and I'm sure most of you know what that word noble means, but noble here in this context, in this setting, means a woman of God. It means a woman who fears God, a woman who reveres God. She is endowed with godly wisdom. That's the kind of woman that this uh, uh, proverb is referring to here. And this, uh, and this wife in Proverbs 31, you also know, is also a mother. She's a mother. She's a parent of, of a noble character whose children call her blessed her children call her blessed. You know, children are conscious of and influenced by the character of their parents. In other words, they watch you. They watch you more than you realise. They're more perceptive than you realise, I think. And they learn from you. They watch you and they learn from you, don't they? Don't they imitate you? They really do. That could be a bit scary. Here's a little quote. Ralph Waldo Emerson, he once wrote this. What you do speaks so loud, I can't hear what you say. Isn't that true? And see, even at a young age, even at a very, very young age, children can sense things. They can sense things about you. They can, for example, they can sense things like anger or happiness. They can sense things like fear or peace, security or insecurity. And I can remember as a child uh, living, and I've said so many times about my background, living around prisons all my life because that's where Dad used to work. And uh, we lived on the prison reserve. And one particular place, we lived only metres from, the, from the, the jail wall. 
And I can remember living there and, um, and, and, once, and at one particular point in time, um, whenever, there were, well, whenever there was an escape, for example, it never happened all that often, we're thankful for that, but when there was an escape, a siren went off and we all knew, the kids on the reserve knew what was going on when that siren blasted off. And my mum and dad used to tell us, whenever you hear the siren, they said, you, just, you don't need to be afraid because you know why? We'd go, why? And they'd say, well, because you are living in the most secure place you could be. And then they'd tell us, they'd say, if a prisoner escapes, they're not going to be hanging around here, are they? They're going to bolt. And they used to say it in words, we used to go, oh, yeah, cool. We really are in the safest place we could ever be. And it really worked. It really worked. Um, I, I can still remember sensing the peace and the security of my parents. And it was either they were true or they put on a really good show for us. But it worked, you see, it worked. Because we could sense in them the peace and the security that they had. It reassured us and it was good. Kids are influenced in many and in many significant ways by the character of their parents. Um, I referred a fair bit to a, a, a book called The Complete Life Encyclopedia. I don't know whether you've got that on your shelf somewhere, but it's a great Christian reference book with all kinds of issues in it. And it says this, regarding about what I've just said. It, said. it is said that character is caught and not taught. Have you heard that before? Character is caught, not taught. So if we want to raise healthy, happy children... We need to model attitudes and behaviour that lead to wholeness and joy. We need to model that sort of thing. We need to role model that sort of thing. So here's a question. Parents, how is your character influencing your children? What's it saying to them about God, for example, and your value of God? What's it saying to your children? about God's place in your life and in your family? What are your children reading about your love and value of God by your character? I want you to think about that. We all need to. The second ingredient is H. H for harmony. After the Apostle Peter in his first epistle uh, and, and chapter 3 had given instructions to husbands and wives about the way that they were uh, to live together he then says these words in verse, uh, in verse 8 he says finally all of you live in harmony with one another oh that we could do that he says finally all of you without exception all of you live in harmony with one another and the word for harmony here means that we need to be of the same mind. It doesn't mean we agree with everything, but it, we need to be same-minded, like-minded in your expression and in your views and in your feelings for one another, living in harmony. And it's worth reading on in that passage because Peter then says this, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. When you read God's word, can you see the picture of harmony unfolding there? I think Jesus is a beautiful embodiment of someone who knew perfect harmony in his life. We want to be like him in our parenting. Harmony. 
See, it's the kind of environment that God not only desires husbands and wives to live in themselves, but also to raise children in. He wants harmony in your relationship and he wants his children to be able to be raised in that kind of harmonious relationship as well. Okay, so what happens then to a child who is constantly... I hope I'm not painting a picture of some idealistic dream and you're saying, Pastor, get real. I think I am, but just listen to what God's saying because we're not perfect and it's not always harmonious, I know that. But what happens, for example, when a child who is consistently, constantly exposed to disharmony? What happens to that child? Disharmony, who is constantly exposed to conflict and turmoil in the home. And I'm sure that some of you know children in that environment. What happens to kids? What happens when they grow up? What happens when they're existing in that kind of environment? And you don't have to look very far to actually see that, do you, really? Just look at the six o'clock news. You know, just walk down your street, visit the local schools, and you'll be able to see firsthand the result of children who come from dysfunctional family life where there is this constant disharmony and conflict and turmoil. And pray and say, God, I don't want to be in an environment like that. Help us to raise our children in an environment that honours you. You know, I, I remember listening to a conversation. Uh, I was involved in this conversation with a man, a Christian man. He's a leader, a Christian leader. He's in his late 50s now. And he described, <clears throat> he described how he still is affected today by the trauma of watching his mother being beaten by his father when he was a child. It really damages kids. That ought not to happen, but it does. One of the five ingredients that will help to provide our children with an environment for their full and holistic development is, is harmony in the home. And as I said, it doesn't mean that there won't be arguments, it doesn't mean there won't be disagreements, but you know what? God will instill harmony in our homes if we listen to him. I want you to listen to this. If we listen to the Lord, if we resist pride in our lives and we apply his word in our lives, in our families. Listen to him. Resist, rebuke the pride that's in our lives. Apply his word. God, when you do that, then he will instill harmony into your lives, into your family life. Easy to say, isn't it? But it's not very easy to do. The third thing, instruction. I is for, as in child, I for instruction. As Moses uh, came to the end of his life and he reviewed the 40 years journey that, that this new generation of Israelites uh, were about now to cross into the Jordan, to the promised land, Moses reminds them of God's greatness. He reminds them of God's laws, of his judgments that must be, and this is the important part, not only does he remind this new generation of Israelites, he says you've got to pass them on to your children. Pass them on to your children. So he says this to them in Deuteronomy, for example. He says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds 
Tie them. Look at the words that are being used here. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. He doesn't want them to fall away, these words. He wants you to be fed in him about the word of God here. He says, teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers as many as the days that, are, uh, that the heavens are above the earth. So what's he really saying? Well, in other words, we are to instruct our children that the things of God relate to every single dimension and facet of life. And we as parents are to be that living role model of how this actually works. We don't want our theology to become theoryology, do we? We want it to work on the ground. We want our kids to see, do you know what? Mum and dad's faith is real. It works on the ground here. It works in real life. It's not just some airy-fairy, bubbly stuff out here that they do and talk about. They live by it and it works. And that's what our kids need to see. Don't you reckon? We need to be living demonstrations to our kids. We need to be role models of what we believe and who we seek to honour, the Lord Jesus Christ, in our lives. Let our kids see that. Let us role model that. Let us be examples of that in action in our lives. God wants to do that. He will enable you to do that perfectly. No, because we're not. But he wants us to be consistent. Our children need to see and they need to know that a relationship with Jesus means that he is deeply interested, that he is passionately involved, you know, and that he wants to influence every single area of our lives <clears throat> for his glory and for our good. He's not to be confined to some compartment in our lives that we label as religion and we only open it on Sundays. And sadly, there are people who live by that. Sadly, there are people who will send their children to church. I reckon we ought to be bringing our children to church and coming with them, don't you? You think about it. That if religion is just something that we sort of have as part of our lives, the kids are, and later on are going to grow up and say, well, you know what, dad and mum didn't take that real seriously. If, they, if you are brought to church rather than sent to church, that sends a big message to the kids. It's not just a religious thing we do on Sundays, but this is life. This is life. Also, this kind of instruction about Jesus needs to be, I believe, needs to be an enjoyable experience for our kids. You know, they need to see, they need to see that we enjoy life. They need, to see, they need to be able to have fun because kids do learn. Kids learn new things and they don't, I don't believe they learn well in an atmosphere of criticism or tension. And that's why, what a fantastic time to be saying this that's why there were plenty of songs games fun all sorts of excitement at kids club correct the kids had a ball of a time this is the first time i've ever been involved it was absolutely fantastic and you could see these little kids their eyes were like saucers sometimes you know particularly when brendan got up and did all that stuff but that's how kids learn in an environment that's fun that's exciting it's good to be here it's alive it's not boring it's not hostile. 
It's enjoyable and kids learn so much from those programs. And that's why when in kids' church, those things are also going on. Lots of singing, lots of activity, lots of fun, lots of enjoyment and the children are like sponges. They just take it all in because they see it that it's real, it's alive, it works. This is about Jesus. And you helpers have done a fantastic job, the leaders here. You've done a great job and if you're not parents already, I reckon you'll make good parents one day. So there you go, be encouraged. All right, love. L is for love. L is for love. How absolutely critical, how critical that God's love be demonstrated in the home and to our children. Dr. James Dobson from Focus on the Family, he said this, one of the greatest things that you can do for your children is to love their mother. So there you go, dads, listen to that one. Husbands. One of the greatest things you can do for your children is to love their mother. And I want to say this, I know I've said it before. Um, Don't be afraid, mum and dad, to demonstrate that love in front of the kids. Don't be afraid to do that. Little kids love to see mum and dad having a cuddle in the kitchen. Just embracing each other loving each other, being natural in your expression of your affection for one another. Kids love to see that. Some of you teens are going, my parents did that gross. Or you'd say to them, get a room. Is it what you say these days? Get a room. What was the other one? Gross. Get a room and all that stuff. But look, I want to say this. I'm going to reveal some secrets here. Your teens might say those things, but I want to say this secretly, they love it. Secretly, they love seeing mum and dad embracing each other, cuddling each other in front of them. Because why? It speaks volumes to them of the security of the love that they have in mum and dad. If they can see mum and dad loving each other and demonstrating that, that speaks volumes to the security that they have as kids in that family unit. Don't you reckon? Listen to this. Nothing is more instructive and inspiring to children than to see their parents in love. Showing consideration to each other, working together as a team, solving problems together, even resolving conflict together. A healthy marriage is the best gift you can give to your children. And you know what? It's a it's good for us sometimes to open up our Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter we call it. You need to review that often. It's good, it's refreshing to do that. Open it up and read it every so often and you'll get what the true definition of love is, not the garbage we hear about in songs and on TV and stuff like that. Get the real stuff and you'll get it from God's Word. 1 Corinthians 13 is a good place to go. But let me share these words from you, uh, for, for you from Proverbs uh, chapter 3, 3 to 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and of man. And I'm going to add, and in the sight of your kids as well, when you do that. The fourth one, or is it five? Hang on. The fifth one is discipline, D discipline wow discipline how controversial that is 
This is a sermon series on its own. I was listening on the radio, it was either this week or last week, talkback radio, and there was a lady on this radio who had some sort of qualification in child psychology and so on and so forth. She is, she is lobbying the government to ban all forms of discipline. Uh, hang on, let me get that right. Particularly spanking, I think. I'm going to open a bit of a box here, I suppose, a Pandora's box, if you want to call it that. Let me just do that in a minute. But um, yeah, well, maybe I should just add, maybe I should just finish by saying, have you all seen Super Nanny? Yeah, well, don't do what she says. No, I shouldn't say that. Um, she's got some good points. Uh, that TV show, Super Nanny, if you ever used to watch that. But you know what? I don't think she has all the answers either. Part, the reality is this, folks. Part of raising a child includes discipline. It includes discipline. Loving our children and disciplining them go hand in hand. You can't get away from that. In his book called Choices for a Lifetime, Stuart Briscoe, he says this. Very interesting. He says, not to discipline your child is a dreadfully unloving thing to do. And then he goes on and he says this. Our children need to learn boundaries early. They need to see that actions have consequences and that we don't always get what we want or even what is fair. They need to learn how to treat others with respect and all of this begins at home. One of the toughest questions parents ask is this. Is there any guarantee that if we, all, if we do it all right, our children will turn out all right? I don't believe so, he says. There is too much evidence to the contrary. Perfectly good parents who have produced kids who are in deep, deep trouble. Sorry, perfectly good parents who have produced kids who are in deep, deep trouble and perfectly awful parents who have produced wonderful kids. Jill, which is Stuart Briscoe's wife. Jill sometimes reminds me that God had two children and he put them in paradise and they still got it wrong. They still went wrong. Our children will make their own choices our responsibility is to do all we can according to the principles our Lord has given us. In our parenting, God never called us to be perfect, but he called us to be faithful. I think there's some good words there. How one disciplines a child is not always easy to determine. And it certainly has a lot to do with the temperament of the child. And I've spoken to some parents even during kids' club time and one of them actually said, I only had to look at my little one with a frown, you know, and, and she'd back off, you know, and, and that would be all you'd need. The other one would stand and say, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, what do you do with a child like that? Um, our kids may have tried that a couple of times, but they got out of that habit real quick. And I don't think our kids are damaged at all, actually. Um, but as I said, it has a lot to do with the naughty corner might work for your children. You know, the timeout thing may work for your children and it may work for you. Uh, or you may have to use, as someone has said, applying the rod of correction to the seat of learning. And that may have to happen. And that's the kind of thing that people are saying, we are going to ban that from happening. And I disagree with that because I believe that God's word doesn't teach that. 
you know, and, and that's, what I've, that's what I'm about to say again, that, that there are many of the so-called experts in child, in child psychology, etc., who disagree with any form of physical punishment of children, uh, of discipline. They would call what we've just read here and what I've just said, they'd call that barbaric. They'd call that damaging to the child. They'd call that child abuse. And they're the extremes that some of these people have got who want to ban any form of, of, of spanking. And I just, I'm just saying that parents need to make up your own mind about that. It's your business in the end, really. But I want, to, I want you to listen to what God says because I think that's the most important thing that we do about this. Proverbs 13, 24 says this, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him, listen to this, is careful to discipline him. Careful to discipline. Proverbs 29, 15 to 17, they're up on the screen. The rod of correction imparts wisdom. But a child left to himself disgraces his mother. Seven, verse 17, discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. You know, and as I said at the start, parenting is a daunting experience for any caring or loving parent. But I want to suggest as I close, folks, pray together. We need to be praying together as families pray as a family i love that term families who pray together stay together i think there's a lot of truth in that so pray as a family read the instruction you know when things go wrong with the car and with the house and with some appliance you know how the blokes always go to the instruction manual yes no we don't really but i want to say this in parenting in life read the instruction manual it's all here and god will speak to you through his word so read, your, read the word of God and let your children see you reading the word. Read it with them. Read it to them. Involve your children in your own personal devotional time as a family. Let them see how this is all part and natural for you as a family unit. And you know, and I believe that the God who wrote this manual, the God who inspired it, the God who meets us today, he's also promised parents. I want to leave you with a prayer. Parents, I want to leave you with a promise. If you hear nothing else tonight, go away with this promise that God has given you as parents. It's one of my favourite passages in the whole of the scripture. This is for parents tonight. Listen to this. This is from Isaiah 41 verse 10. So mum and dad and those of you who will be one day, God says this to you. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Verse 13, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. Isn't that beautiful? When God gives you children, he's right there with you to see you through in your parenting role. We just got to look to him, listen to him, take on board what he says. Will things be perfect? Well, no, because you're not. But things will work out as God intends it to when we hang on to him and we say, God, we're on this journey together and I'm so glad that you've got hold of my hand. Let's go. Let's move in this role called parenting, being a mum and dad. Let's learn and go together and God will take you on this amazing journey as you trust him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've never 
you never leave us alone for any aspect of our lives. We thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you for walking with us, caring for us, watching over us. And Father, particularly for parents this, uh, tonight, I, I just want to ask that you will particularly embrace them and endow them with your wisdom. Father, with your, uh, with your joy, with your peace. Help them to just trust you. Help them to seek your face. And Lord, help them to have ears to hear what you're saying to their hearts in their role as parents. Father, I thank you for your word that says that you will equip us with everything good for doing your will. And I pray that be applied to all the parents that are here this, uh, tonight. So bless you, Lord. We thank you that we have everything we need in Jesus. You are, the Lord is my shepherd. I have need of nothing. I, I'm not in need of anything. And I thank you, Lord, for that wonderful truth that, uh, that, uh, that the psalm says and how it applies even in the parenting role. We, th we thank you again. We bless you, Lord, committing each other to you. And help us, Father, I pray, as a church family, to be praying for one another too, to be praying for parents, to be praying for families. Help us to do that uh, as a church family. Thank you again for your presence with us tonight. We want to commit each other into your hands now as we go into the rest of this evening and to the week that lies ahead. Thanks for going before us. Thanks for being with us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Bless you, folks. Thank you.